How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Course, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your host, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. Welcome once again on behalf of uh, our great friends at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service, Two Angry Men. He is Denny McClain, Major League Baseball's last 30-game winner, standing by up in Motown. Meanwhile, Chet Kopic, right here in Chicago, as we talk about uh, those things we know are on your mind, those things that may well be irritating you in a big-time fashion. All right, once again, Eldrick Tiger Woods, this time a little less manufactured, allowed himself to be interviewed by the Golf Channel, allowed himself to be interviewed by ESPN, he wasn't exactly down on his knees crying and, you know, begging for forgiveness, but we saw a little bit more human side of Tiger Woods. That being said, uh, are you still pissed off at Tiger Woods? Listen, um, let me just put it this way, and I know we've, at nauseam, we've talked about this uh, jerk-off. Um, <laughs> you know, listen, everything he does is orchestrated sooner or later we're going to find out that the gal who interviewed him and the guy who interviewed him all the questions were already arranged see i think this he spoke too eloquently and too smoothly not to have those questions be prepared and he knew they were coming that's what bothered me about it first of all number two it was a five minute time clock on it at five minutes the interview was over number three he stood up for some reason he stood up like what he's going to run away if they ask him a fourth question what i don't quite get is why the pga Although I guess I do understand, but why the PGA is allowing this guy to act like the king? Hey, like pal, pal, without without Tiger Woods, the PGA is uh, is female billiards on ESPN, yeah, right? Just like the, it'd be just like the LPGA. I mean, Tiger does whatever he damn well wants to do. What I found to be very funny was Tiger saying, "I I really miss my colleagues." I really miss the guys. When the fact is, as you know, this SOB doesn't spend time with anybody on the tour. With anybody. Listen, how could he? He had 48 women at one, over a two-month period. Listen, let me say this to you. Uh, the salaciousness of these transcripts and of these of these conversations that he had with several girls. And, and let me tell you something, folks. There's more coming. Uh, somebody, no if doubt. he doesn't pay somebody, somebody's got pictures no of him doing doubt. something, doing the nasty with somebody. And I'm not talking about the standard on your hands and knees, you know, uh, type. I'm telling you, there's something really nasty coming. And see, what I don't understand is he ran away the first time in the fetal position and tried to hide. Why now is he coming, or is he trying to get over this little threshold to try to break it and get everybody's minds off? No, Danny, this was all about. Uh, this was all about. Please be nice to Tiger when I get to Augusta. Yeah. This was all about uh, all you old uh, hillbillies who've had uh, your your treasured Masters season tickets for uh, for five generations. When I get down there, uh, I, I know some of you want to hate me, so you know, please. Please don't boo me or jeer me. When the fact is, as you know, Augusta is so is so darn pristine. You may as well be in uh, uh, the Sistine Chapel or Buckingham uh, Palace. Tiger, I mean, the, the people who run Augusta and run the Masters will will forbid any patron from giving Tiger Woods a hard time. He's not walking into the left field bleachers uh, at Yankee hey, Stadium or at some 
or the ballpark in Philly, for heaven's sakes. He's walking into to golf's holy grail where anything that is outside the good conduct of normal society is strictly unacceptable. Yeah, you're right. But but here here's something that's interesting. Um, Augusta being what it is, and of course anybody who even sneezes hard at the wrong time is going to get tossed out of there. Uh, you know that's going to happen. But the thing that bothers me most about all of this, uh, on one hand, is that how they allow them to orchestrate everything. But number two, the thing I applaud to is there's a there's a uh, I think it's an ESPN guy, but the name is Smith. He's a black announcer. Yeah, you know. I got to tell you something. He's taken off on Tiger like I can't believe a black guy attacking a black guy. You know that doesn't happen too often. And Mr. Smith has done a job on Tiger. has has just called him a phony fraud. He's called him a bunch of other names, which we which we will or will not repeat on this show. But man, I want to tell you, he leveled him out. He is like he said. He said I recognized the animal for what it was, and I recognized it early. This guy holds nothing back, whether you believe it or not. But Tiger, he has. With this phonyism again, how he constantly continues to be able to promote it, I think digs a bigger hole, bigger hole. I don't think, although I, I would like to say he would never get any of these endorsements back, but if a rapist with the L.A. Lakers can get all these other endorsements back, Tiger's a shoe-in. Cause all he oh, without question. Him. You know, Danny, by the way, speaking of uh, something I find interesting on uh, on the periphery of all this is, you know, Jesse Jackson loves the limelight like nobody I have ever met in my life. And I thought, I thought immediately he would he would reach out to Tiger if only because he saw TV cameras, notepads, he saw the web. Jackson ran from this as far as he could run for one reason: Jesse ain't big on riding losers. Yeah, that's right. And this has been a loser. And you know, Jackson ran. L. Sharpton ran of all people. L. Sharpton ran with his new look. God, he's lost about 150 pounds. I know he looks like Gandhi for heaven's sakes. Almost. He used to look like Space Tax Calhoun. I don't know if he's sick or if he's modeling clothes. But uh, I have <laughs> just been... Al Sharpton becomes a runway model. Tape a something? Wouldn't that be something? I mean, he is... But I'll tell you one thing about Sharpton. He's never been afraid to say what's on his mind either. But on the other hand, none of the big guys in the black community are saying anything. The only... Listen, with all due respect, the only guy that's really reached out for Tiger is Bill Clinton. Well, they, little Bill and little Tiger have a lot in common. Be, they must be comparing the art of the BJ. That's all I can think about. Is is well, tell Tiger, me how the, Tiger hey, was hey, there. Listen, 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 Mr. President. How did the fat girl do it? And then I'll tell you how, how the stripper did it. You know, I, I would love to hear that conversation. And I'm a, by the way, I'm a big fan of Bill Clinton. I so am I, man. I love Bill Clinton. But, I mean, the bottom line, I hey, look, 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 look at how badly, Tiger, Bill, look at how badly the the Bush administration just sucked. And then tell me, Clinton wasn't a winner. Well, here, 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 Tiger. Let me let me tell you about Tiger. Let me get the semen off of Monica's dress, and you now discuss this. Where do you you think I got this gray hair from? That ain't gray hair. You know that's that stuff. You know that. I mean, Tiger. Anyway, listen. Let's move on to the LPGA. Michelle Wee. Michelle Wee is now an international superstar. Michelle Wee. If she plays the game of golf long enough, and, and hell, probably 90% of the people listening to the show right now have no idea who the hell Michelle Wee is. If she just plays the game long enough, 10, 12, 15 years, she may be a billion-dollar golfer. Whether she oh, she will that, be. Uh, winning is really not consequential. She's like Anna Kornikova, Denny. She doesn't have to win. 
Right. Tell, her, tell everybody about the McDonald's deal. She well, had, it's Jeff. kind of interesting. This was cut in uh, Oak Brook, Illinois, which is uh, a very Tony suburb just west of Chicago, which is where uh, McDonald's corporate is housed. Michelle Wee has signed up. A multi-million dollar deal with McDonald's to a hustle uh, Big Macs and French fries. Here's what I find to be interesting, Denny. Her spots are going to be carried in five different languages. Unbelievable. That is a global figure. Now, obviously, you know, they're going to play her big in the Pacific Rim. They're going to play her big in the States. But I'm guessing with five languages, they're going to play her big in Argentina. They're going to play her big in the Ukraine. Maybe they're going to play her big in the old Soviet Union, for all I know. I mean, what, what, whatever it is, she has one LPGA win to her credit, albeit she's only 20 years old. She's still a part-time student at Stanford. But you know what? She will be a billion-dollar athlete. She will have a billion dollars in cash assets before she's 30 years old. And everything I've read about her in some of the magazines says she's genuinely a very nice young lady, uh, which goes a long way. And you know what? It must be true because McDonald's isn't going to hire some, uh, some Tanya Harding. nasty lady. Yeah, yeah. Tanya's not going to get a shot at this deal. Oh, but i got to tell you, uh, one night, one night, one night only, if I had my choice between Michelle Wee and Tanya Harding, I'm going for Tanya Harding because win, lose, or annihilated, she'll absolutely tear you apart. Well, not only that, she'll 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 whack you with those skates. I mean, think of the, <laughs> yeah, think of the chains you. of whips and the skates. I mean, it can't be any better than that, can it? Now, listen, let's talk about uh, your buddy in Chicago, Ozzy, huh? Ozzy, now they won't let him have his own website. You know, let me say this before you explain to everybody what's going on here. We've got people over in the Persian Gulf right now dying for the freedom of speech, and they don't want Ozzy to have a website. What gives, buddy? All right, Denny, this goes back really um, to the fact that Kenny Williams and uh, Ozzie Gein have really not been on the same page for a couple of years. They maintain a very, you know, bold front. From time to time, Ozzie will, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, nick at, uh, at, at Kenny Williams. And uh, uh, Bud Selig talked Jerry Reinsdorf into uh, allowing Major League Baseball to do a so-called reality series on the White Sox this summer. And as you know, I mean, Ozzie, Ozzie's a new-age guy. He's the only guy I know who uh, who occupies his position, who uh, whose email address is uh, is public domain, for heaven's sakes. He yep. he twitters like crazy. His son Oni was twittering. He even twittered a review saying that Kenny Williams' restaurant over on Randolph Street is a lousy restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but now to top it off, as he wants to have his own his own website, he's a public figure. He got the approval of Major League Baseball and the White Sox, who are desperate. To get the time of day in a Cub town, as you know, have told Ozzy, no website. No website. But I don't understand why not. What what does it do other than maybe it's taken him away from the game, but the way he's managed the last couple of years, it doesn't make any difference. Well, you've never been a big Ozzy guy, and maybe you can tell the house. I mean, you you have played for good managers, and you played for Ted Williams, who who should have been arrested for impersonation, for God's sakes. Yeah, you're right. What, sure what, 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 what is your real rap against Ozzie Gian? I don't really have a bad rap. I just don't think he plays the players in an applicable way. I think he's got people out of, out of sequence. I, I don't think he studies the game well enough. I think he knows the game as well as anybody. Most shortstops know the game of baseball better than anybody else in a ball club. I just think Ozzy is so distracted by other things going on in the ballpark, other things going on in the other bench, trying to make everybody think he's a good guy and a great guy and he wants to be with you at dinner time, that he loses sight of the 
ball game from time to time. And I don't think he's done a good job with his pitching staff over there. But I'm going to tell you something. I think he's the most entertaining SOB in, in, in the oh, game. without question. Maybe, maybe in the history of the last 10 or 20 years of the game. I, I love watching him. I love him going crazy. I love him, all the little shenanigans. You know, he is a sophisticated Billy Martin is what I call him. And, uh, and a lot bigger, of course, and a lot, and a lot stronger, but, and I don't think Ozzy would give you a sucker punch like Billy Martin would, but I love him. I, I love him for that. I just don't think he's got the ability to really manage a club. Despite his success that he's had, I think it was more of the people he had than it was his ability to manage. Yeah, but I'll tell you, bro, 12 rounds for the WBC lightweight championship of the world. Alfred, Manuel, Billy Martin against Ozzy Guillen, number one. We can sell out the MGM Grand in about 15 minutes. All yeah, we have to do, all we have to do is exhume Billy. Yeah, and number well, two, Martin, Martin would lose the fight, but he would die trying. Yeah, but wait He would die Martin, trying. What everybody fails to realize, including you there, old big gorilla, uh, is this. Ozzy would never get a punch off because when the referee would bring the two fighters out to the middle of the ring, Billy would have one one glove off and he'd just co-cock and that'd be the end of the fight. Billy will never ever Billy would have never ever fought anybody evenly or on the square. Billy didn't believe in letting anybody get a one upsmanship. Listen, I saw the Dave Boswell incident here fifty oh, years yeah. ago. Right? That was the worst thing. He takes Boswell out. He's trying to he's trying to pick up Boswell's girlfriend this night at the bar, the Lindell AC in Detroit. And the legendary Boswell, place. Yeah, and 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 Boswell says, "Hey, Billy, leave my girl alone. That's my girl. She and I are together." And uh, Martin, uh, of course, threw a few MFs at him, and they got in a big beef. And and the guy who owned the Lindell says, "Listen, you guys, you got to take it outside. You can't do this in front of the patrons." Well. Billy walks out in front of uh, Boswell, and just as Boswell turns around to start to fight or push or whatever, before he took one step around about a, about 90 degrees, and Martin hit him in the right chin and just knocked him out. He was out for about 20 minutes. I was there. I'll, I'll never forget what he did to him. He never gave him a chance. That was Billy. Billy was a gutless little bastard. You know what? I, I, I can't do that well, but the first baseball fight I ever saw involved Billy Martin. I'm just a young kid. I'm at uh, Old Comiskey Park with my uh, my dad. Yankees against the White Sox. Uh, Art Dittmar threw up and into uh, Larry Doby. Doby thought it was racial. Doby mm. thought it was very much racial. And uh, this set up a, just a, Denny, just a, a chain of events. Over at first base, um, Walt Dropo decked Enos Slaughter. And here comes Billy Martin. And Billy Martin got involved in the fight and wound up leaving with a bloody nose with an eight-man police escort. And I also... Wow. Believe it or not, I'm not done with Billy Martin yet. I'm in the ballpark in 61. I know you'll remember this one. Jim Brewer throws moderately inside to oh, Billy Martin. That's right. Martin, yeah. Martin charges the mound, puts his arms out as if to say, you know, why'd you do that? Then hauls off and breaks Jim Brewer's cheekbone. That's right. Remember that? That was Billy. Billy was a sneak. Like I said, he was a sneaky little bastard. No one was ever going to get one up on him. He was never going to let you get ahead. Listen, a lot of people say that's the way you got to fight. But Billy was just a little guy with a, you know, he had the typical little man complex. Yeah. I'm a little guy, and I'm going to stay ahead of you some way. I'm going to prove to you how tough I am. And, man, if you blink your eyes, I'm going to kill you. And that's what he did. Every fight he had, he hit first and got him down on the ground. And, listen, I saw him in another fight in Detroit with a guy from our club, an older coach. Hell started kicking the guy. It was like Mary Lou, for God's sakes, kicking somebody. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I, I detested Billy for a number of reasons. Number one, because of his conduct. As soon as he had two beers in him, he was a tiller. No, the was and the second thing, he destroyed Mickey Martin, uh, Mickey Mantle all by himself. He is the reason why Mickey Mantle had so many problems the last four or five years. And he is the reason why Mickey Mantle had so many, um, alcohol and drug issues towards the end of his life. Billy Martin is the guy that did it. Hey, my friend, uh, I wanted to ask you this question for a long time, and boy, this is a topic we could probably debate until five o'clock in the morning, till closing time. One game, winner take all. Who would you rather have in the dugout? In game decisions, winner take all. Billy Martin or Tony Larusa? Well, you know what? Um, when it comes to pitchers, I want Billy Martin. I agree. You know, although, I agree. although, look at you know, look at Oakland in '81 when he had that great staff and burned out four arms in one year. Yeah, Billy Martin had a much better idea on how the game was to be played. Billy Billy took a lot more chances than any of these other guys. I think, I, I, you know, nobody's going to believe this, but I've always thought LaRusso's been overrated, uh, and um, especially, you know, Jeez, don't mention that to LaRusso. LaRusso thinks he's God. I know that, but especially with this clown act he, he has done now with McGuire, I lost whatever respect I had left for LaRusso. It went right out the window. Now, let's talk about $186 million. Joe Maurer. What a player, first of all. Probably. Yeah, but man, you got to sell a lot of tickets to justify 186 million. Well, I understand that, but you know what? This is the first time that I ever recall the Twins spending this kind of money to keep a franchise in place. If Maurer leaves, the people would have revolted. This is a local Minnesota kid. Right. They did the right thing with this. Oh, Denny, they didn't want. They wanted Mark Pryor, but couldn't afford to sign him. Absolutely. That's how they wound up with Joe Maurer. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable, isn't it? How things happen. Incredible. But and and now, now they have, in my opinion, with the exception of Albert Pujols, inch for inch, pound for pound, and I'm very partial to catchers, they have the best pure baseball player in the game in Joe Maurer. Oh, I, I just believe that, too. Pujols, I think, is, is a step ahead of everybody. But uh, this kid, boy, you give me a – listen, he does everything well. Everything well. And then I saw him at the, the Minnesota Twins have, like most clubs, have a, a, a fest, a Twins fest. And I was up there with Bob Feller. And uh, I got to tell you something. This Maurer, he did all of the things right during the, mm. during the mm. fest. He, I'm going to tell you, he must have kissed a thousand women. He must have signed a thousand autographs. And, and they were lined up. Now that the new stadium is a beautiful, beautiful. The, the old stadium was was kind of a nice place to do card shows from. <laughs> they, they had him lined up with autographs around the park one and a half times. Hey, you know what? Speaking of that brand new ballpark with no dome, and we're talking about Minneapolis. You Great. tell me how a guy like Jim Tomey, who's almost forty years old, coming off the bench, you tell me how he's going to get warm in the eighth inning, pinch hitting in April, oh, shit, when it's going to be thirty-four oh, degrees shit, 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 inside stop. the ballpark. Come on, they've got more technical advantages in the game today sitting on a bench and you can imagine. These guys Can you can you imagine back in the day when you played if guys would actually have gone out with stocking caps on the way they do today? I can't get over They would have been called pussies. You know, at times I think it's the hood. You know, I, I, I mean I, I get a little I get a little excited about it when I see these guys. You know, and why the league doesn't say more about it, although you know what it is, there's a little team replica on the side of the cap, so they're selling caps. Yeah, it's they're merchandise. Selling- all merchandise, one after another. Now, here's the scoop of the day, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, a little br- a drum roll. Brett, Brett Farr's not retiring. You heard it right here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this just in. Brett Favre is still playing football. And Denny, make it a point to see him in 20, 2010 for one reason. It'll be the last time he plays until 2011. 11 or 2015. Now, one last thing. i got to tell you something. Um, and, and you may or may not disagree, but I've got to tell you, after what this kid has done in the NBA, I don't think there's any question now, the greatest basketball player in the history of the game is now playing the game. His name is LeBron. How many titles has he won? You know what? It's coming. It's coming. I don't know if it'll be this year, but, you know, he hasn't had the same kind of crew surrounding him that Michael had. Well, I would say this, okay, I, I said this today, so in a roundabout way, I'll agree with you. People forget that Michael's first year was 84-85. Right. He doesn't win a title until 91. At which point he had picked up the rap sheet about can Michael win the big one. Right. You remember those stories. Now, LeBron is never going to have a complimentary player as great as Scottie Pippen. Right. But I will say this much. I look at LeBron right now, and I'm, I'm not entirely certain, Denny, that I wouldn't rate him right now as one of the ten greatest pure athletes I've ever seen. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know what? You may be right. But I will tell you this, and I mean this. I mean, is there any doubt in your mind that he couldn't play wide receiver in the NFL? Well, he could probably, possibly. He could probably line up as a tight end. I agree with that, but i got to tell you something. I mean this, and a lot of people, some may disagree because of Michael and the Chicago market that we're in there, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest basketball player, pure athlete, that any sport has ever seen. I don't care what sport you talk about, football, basketball, hockey, tiddlywinks, I don't care what it is, this is the greatest athlete we have ever seen you know what you, you are so you, you got to be on crack tonight you ever heard of jackie robinson oh jackie robinson couldn't hold his job. baseball baseball hall of famer uh still holds the uh, ucla record for uh, most yards game per carry in a football season track and field man tremendous golfer uh elite swimmer you're going to rate him. You're going to rate him above Jackie Robinson. You're not even suggesting that Jackie Robinson could be better than LeBron. Well, I mean, as a basketball player, no. I think there's a slight differentiation. I don't think there's a sport that LeBron can't play if he really set his mind to it. I, you know, listen. With the exception of baseball, uh, and of course Michael Jordan thought he could be Babe Ruth. Uh, the game of baseball is much more sophisticated and tougher than any of these guys really believe. It's tough to hit a ball, first of all, even if it's straight at 95 miles an hour. And then if you put a little wrinkle in it and call it a slider or a curveball, it makes men boys real quick. Hey, I've said, I've said for years, if I'm wrong, you, you tell me so. Hitters make their living not on their genius. They make their living when pitchers make mistakes well of course of course and and with the game the way it's been redeveloped in other words smaller strike zones a, a tighter strike zone anything above the letters is now a ball and things like that these hitters have had more opportunities to hit and they've proven it over the last 15 years look at all the home runs hitting this game juice or not there's been way too many home runs and not enough good pitching but that's not going to change now the only thing i hear and i heard it again this past weekend is that baseball is seriously, seriously, seriously looking, if not this year, next year raising the mound back to at least 14 inches. That would be a benefit, and now you'll start to see a few things even up. But um, until they get back to where it was at 16 inches, I don't think you'll ever see the pitchers dominate again. My friend, uh, 21 very rapid minutes. Denny, my good friend, peace, love, and rock and roll. And we'll talk to you in seven days, buddy. Absolutely, and give me Brett Favre's autograph. Uh, well, no, you know what? I got five or six years yet to get it. We'll get it done. <laughs>
<laughs> Denny McLean, I'm Copic. Two Angry Men brought to you by Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. There is only one American taxi. <laughs>